Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Hands Off the Merchandise on BBGWrestling.com. Hope you're all Uh-oh. doing well. Hello, how are you doing? I haven't even introduced you yet, but you are the um, Mike Rotunda to my taker. Mike Rotunda taker is our tag team name. <laughs> Brilliant. I think, Brilliant. How, yeah, long, how long did you take to think of that? Literally, like, while I was saying the intro, no, uh-huh. I, I thought of it about 17 years ago. Good night, everybody. You know what I mean? Like, we've, Good um... night. Good night, everybody. That was a special episode. We've wrapped it up. Home run. <laughs> this is Pablo. How are you doing, Pablo? Fucking shit. No, I'm kidding. I'm fine. Um, I've, been, I've been rained on and I've just eaten some toast. So um, I am the host with the toast, you could say. You are, and I also hear that you um, are scranning an arrow as we speak. Other other chocolate bars are available. Um, Yeah, quite frankly, not a normal bar, a one pound size bar, because who doesn't just buy them now? You know what I mean? You you couldn't eat it on the street. You'd get looks if you ate the one pound bars um, still. I don't think we've broken that. It's a really weird sort of like (laughs) etiquette policy. (laughs) regarding chocolate policy um it's it's you're completely right if you eat a normal size chocolate bar which are like 80 pence which is half the size of a quid chocolate bar that would be be all right people would think that you're normal because you've ripped yourself off Mm -hmm. but if you were to eat the value for money chocolate bar you're a greedy bastard what's (laughs) the crack well i think it's i mean right okay does it save for sharing on you um, oh yeah, it does. It, it does say sharing bar. I think that's how they get out of any lawsuits when you've like died of a heart attack, yeah, um, or have diabetes or whatever. But um, I mean, the, sharing I'll... a pound chocolate bar. <laughs> if you are, you don't deserve it. Quite Nana's, they're the kind that would share pound chocolate bars. Um, Nana's, don't, Nana's don't share now. Nana's <laughs> take a little bite of it and then put it back in the drawer for Christmas, and then have another little bite after the Queen's speech. Here we are. But, um, so, so I hear that this is a special episode of Hands Up the Merchandise. It is, yeah. It's not about Nana's eating chocolate. Um, I know that's what you were hoping for, and I know that we've dangled that carrot now. <laughs> but um, it's not. It's it's about uh, Retrogate, everybody. Boom, 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 boom. Retrogate. Got a right knack on. Right knack on. It's uh, Retrogate. Yes, the. Um, the the wonderful weekend which will go down in wrestling figure collecting folklore in the UK in the UK um, between the a biggest, subset culture you know of collectors. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest figure scandal since the weekend of Christmas nineteen ninety four when Phoenix got in one box of green carded Hasbro's and. Well, we'll get- uh, Gonna get into that, Mike. Oh, oh right, okay. Oh okay. yes, get into that. You, hold your, you hold your Hasbro collecting memory horses there. We uh, we will get into that because we're going to be talking about specific um, issues regarding similar similar issues in the past, if that makes any sense, regarding one box of assorted figures. But this has been an interesting one. For those who don't know. Um, Mattel announced quite recently that they were scrapping the um, the retro line that they brought out. And the retro line were modelled on the old Hasbro figurines that were out in the early to mid-90s. Now, the reason why they were modelled on them is because there's a quite a big collector's market for it. You had um, 
insane prices hitting on the likes of eBay and other online distributors. Well, just eBay, really. Um, and the reason for that is because there's quite there's a, there's a number of famous collectors out there of of Hasbro wrestling figures, including the likes of Zack Ryder and other people who do podcasts, much like we are now. There's obviously been quite wide scope with their listenership and and um, a lot of people going out there and, and getting into that figure line to collect and I completely understand that and I completely appreciate it it keeps the concept um, alive and kicking to be quite honest with you I love Hasbro's and love everything they do with them so there's a massive massive nostalgic market out there for collectors and traders and buyers and sellers um, some would say it's gotten out of hand in in the last couple of years or so, the prices that certain figures are going for, I'd f- I fully agree. It's madness. Um, but that's what it is. That's a collector's market here. Now, well, the thing is, though, for the amount of good that someone like Zack Ryder has done, I don't think he's done this on purpose, but it has unleashed this wave of mania. You know what I yes. mean? Like, it, yeah. It has, yeah, it has indeed. And I think it's the same. If you were to do that with them, it, you know, as you know yourself, and I know some of our listeners will know, um, my time with grapple arcade is very much a focus on wrestling collectibles but specifically not just the figures and cards and stickers but wrestling games we do a lot of gaming events and retro games in particular and it's the same with that once once a few sort of popular you know um characters on the internet started to do more of a focus on retro gaming we're in that spell at the moment where it's be very become very fashionable where the likes of you know Sony and Sega and Nintendo all brought out their mini consoles that were loaded with games, and even they shot up in price. They came out for like sort of forty or fifty quid, and then when they were all sold out, the world went nuts, and people were buying them for one hundred and fifty quid off eBay. It was it's a similar kind of concept and a similar a similar regime almost. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that with you as well, Pablo, going on because um, the reality is, as far as I'm concerned. It's not by accident that this is happening. My honest opinion is that it's it's the the book doesn't just stop with the um, the collectors or in fact the retailers. I think that the manufacturers have got a lot to answer for as well with the way that they distribute or the way that they choose to distribute and the way that they choose to make things limited edition and certain store um, exclusives and things that I think they also. Um, encourage that culture of this is hard to get, therefore it's worth a lot of money. Do you see what I mean? I think there's a lot, a lot going on there with that as well. And when everybody, I want that for my collection, that mentality that a lot of collectors have, and there wouldn't be collectors if a lot of them didn't have that mentality, it, it sets the scene a bit. It sets the standard of of how to collect figures, which is if something's an exclusive, it's very hard to get hold of, you're not going to get it in shops over here 90% of the time. You do turn to the internet and then you end up paying extortionate prices a lot of the time. And I think when you suddenly, that becomes the norm, then I can't help but think that they promote that because it doesn't seem to be very much they've done to try and stop it. It's, Is there a way to stop it? It's a double-edged sword, I think, because, right, I, I mean, I, I'm sure people who are listening to this speak to uh, Steve from Mattel Action Figure Attack because he's very, he replies a lot to questions. He puts up with a lot of my shit um, in terms of, like, critique. I try not to just be like, oh, you've done a terrible job. I'm like, why is it like this? Why does Roddy Johnson not have tattoos? And he's like, oh, it was too late. And then all of a sudden, Mattel realised, or, you know, uh, Bill McKenna realised it, put the tattoos on him, and now it's been pushed back a month, but at least it's going to be a, a perfect figure. 
Um, with the limited editions, the Walmart and the Target exclusives, they always say that it is the shop that demands exclusive content um, because they need a reason for someone to go into that shop. Um, my thing is, you know, it it's not fair, you know, but what I've been told from Mattel is that shops in the UK, any shop has the opportunity to get in anything they want. I don't think that's true um, because... I can't understand why certain shops, especially niche online shops, aren't able to get, say, the Legend Series 3 with Harley Race. I know it was poorly distributed anyway, but like any of the Legend sets or any, you know, they have to get them in at inflated prices, even those who have deals with Mattel, such as the wrestlingshop.co.uk. Now, Mattel, you know, again, they've been asked about it a million times, and they say that it's not that easy if a figure is exclusive to a shop because it's exclusive to that shop. Now they've had to fight to be able to get exclusive figures on ringside. And I'm fine with that because, okay, you're going to be paying about 50 quid by the time it comes over here, but that is the least amount of money that you're going to ever pay for that figure. Um, because, you know, obviously scalpers are going to flip them or shops are going to buy them and then, let them increase in value and stuff like that. I think they are listening. Um, and I think they realize how hard it is. They know how ridiculous it was that we didn't get Pete Dunne. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So they made another Pete Dunne. I mean, one one major criticism I had of them, which wasn't a criticism at the time, that there were figures like the San Diego Comic-Con Ministry of Darkness Undertaker and a couple of others. And they saw the value on the secondary market. So they were like, well there's money to be made here so we'll release them again in different packaging and give everyone else a chance to get them and that was their mindset for a bit and then i don't know if they realized this but there was sort of one that was started doing q a's they started talking as collectors instead of toy manufacturers and the hortons and rider influence i think had a part of that when it was like well why are we why do we have to spend 80 quid scalpers prices and they were like well you know, figures gain a value because they're rare. It's like, yeah, but you make them rare. You, you know, yeah. and no distribution's bad. They, I don't know what happened with something like Legend Series, uh, sorry, Flashback Series 3 with Harley Race and stuff like that. I have a feeling that somewhere there will be warehouses full of these things. Then for whatever reason, they just haven't hit shop floors yet. Um, I've, well, I believe it's like the orange card bloody prototypes of the Hasbro's that are go by, they'll be in a warehouse in Japan. <laughs> apparently and they just happen to but, you know surface a few weeks after the uh, prototype drawings pop up just you know when, when well yeah i mean we could definitely go on about that i mean when series 10 came out the diesel set and we hadn't had any sets in this country since what series 4 the goldberg set that clogged up b&ms and um yep. because smiths wouldn't stop them and you had a handful of online distributors in the UK that had managed to get in, like the New Day set, for example. Mm -hmm. But there was it was few and far between about what you could get. And even when you did look online, they they were they weren't going for that cheap. They were at the time in comparison to now, but they weren't going yeah. for that cheap. And there was a, only a couple of stores that were stocking them. I remember the I remember saying at the time because it, even in America. The diesel set, Series 10, you just really couldn't find it, even in America. But then they started showing up in five and below in America. 
Um, and that was, uh, you know, I think we've been collecting long enough now to sort of know how some of these things work. So that they've blatantly made enough, but it's the end of a line as well. I mean, God, Classic Superstar Series 28, Forbidden Planet didn't get them in until after the first couple of series of Mattel figures. That's how, you know, much they didn't care about getting them out or the distribution, you know, they just didn't care about sending them to shops or whatever. And this I is think why I same... can't help. Sorry, carry on, mate, carry on. No, no, well, I think that's the same thing happened with the end of the line of retros that, let's face it, they, I, I mean, I don't know, but judging by, you know, um, what people have been saying and stuff like that, you know, it's a niche product and it probably didn't sell that well. And they probably thought Series 10 wasn't worth even putting on the shelves, to be honest, and that's why they ended up in Five Below. And I don't know how this works, but I'm guessing they probably bought them in bulk from whoever, Walmart or whatever, for like a dollar each or something and put them out for $2, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I think's happened. And since then, obviously, The Entertainer is like, it's a bit of a crapshoot, but they seem to really pull the rabbit out of the hat sometimes, even more than somewhere like B&M, where you were starting to expect new sets coming in B&M now, which is mental. But with the entertainer, they seem to be getting in random, amazing stuff from like a year or two ago that like is fresh again. You know, like, the, okay, say what you will about the Honky Tonk Man Retro Fest figure, but that's a Retro Fest figure that has hit the shelves in the UK. No, absolutely. I, I know what you mean. And I think the thing is, though, the, the cynical side of me can't mm-hmm. help but think that the way that Mattel have done this is based on a strategy that they've got, which is, right, I, I can't help but think that they only want to release a, a, a line of figures that have a similarity to another line of figures. They don't want to knock out multiple at the same time. So, at least within the niche subsets, you know. So, retro, they brought that to an end, and then they trialed the Ghostbusters things towards the tail end of that, and then they've trialed um, the Masters of the Universe ones as well, which got a massive pop. During all that, there was a lot of shout-outs for keeping, you know, let's keep Retro alive and uh, bring back Retro hashtags and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, because reality is that people I want the Retros because of that whole connection to Hasbro. I don't think enough. I don't think enough people want them to warrant them bringing it back. I think enough people do if they brought back the right characters. I think this is the Maybe. key to this. And Maybe. I think they've, yeah. you know, for we do. The, the core collectors who really enjoy them um, want them because it's part of their collection, you know, the, the way that they collect and what they want to collect. For me, it's that uh, I want old iconic characters who were maybe, you know, within a five-year, six-year spell too late or even too early for mm. the Hasbro line. I want characters who missed out because they, they'd gone by the point of Hasbro or characters who... Um, missed out because they they were kicking about around the end of Hasbro line. They're the ones I'm after, personally, and they're the ones I kind of aim for when I go collecting and buying them. And I think that's the same for a lot of people. They're not that bothered about, you know, Seth Rollins doing a dropkick, Goldberg doing a dropkick. Um, Sting Sting doing a dropkick. (laughs) The amount of dropkick figures in this series are bloody ridiculous, but I know that that's something we've, we've harped on about before. I, I really enjoy the line of figures and even the ones that I don't like, I like, if that makes sense, you know, I still kind of have a fondness for them. It's that kind of thing with the shitter versions of these figures that come out. I don't really want to like them, but I feel like I have to. Um, whereas 
some of the characters and some of the figures that they bring out, I think they've been fantastic. I, I absolutely love the Kane. I think Kane is probably my favourite figure from the line in terms of just, I just think they've got the style correct for him. I, just, I love the vibrancy of the colour. I think it fits in perfectly with the Hasbro kind of concept of what a Kane could look like. Um, I think they've nailed a lot of them. And as time's gone on, we'll get onto Series 10 now, actually. The situation, as you've said there, was they were hitting five and below. We didn't see them over here. They were hitting online um, auction sites for insane amounts of money. I mean, I randomly check, because I do now and again once every month or so, I'll have a little look just to see if somebody's uploaded one and they're just asking for a reasonable-ish price for them. But everywhere I looked, before postage in some cases for a diesel Series 10, you were talking best part of 80 to 90 quid in some cases, mm. which is insane. And that's before you factor in things like customs charges. There was a, a set that I didn't buy of Series 10 that somebody was selling for 120 quid. And I nearly bought it because I'm an idiot and I'm glad I didn't. Um, but that's yeah, but not you... even a ridiculous price when you look at what, yeah. well, it is, but in, in retrospect to what the, the figures were. Then out of nowhere, we'll get onto this in a second because what I'll do is I'll introduce um, a couple of sound bites that some of the uh, the HWO, the Hasbro World Order um, group on Twitter, who have basically you know there's a there's a, a group of people who are all old school collector fans. Um, they put a lot of stuff out there on Twitter. They help a lot of people out. They really help people out with collections. For example, if somebody's needing a Hasbro, um, and and the, the you know the hashtag HWO, somebody in that uh, group, will chances are be able to say, yeah, I've got a spare one of those. I'll cut you a good deal for it, rather than you paying scalpers prices or whatever it may be classed as online. Mm-hmm. Which I think they're a really really solid group of people, and I've got a lot of time for them in terms of the way that they um the way that they trade and the way that they help each other out. I think it's really good, and I just it'd be nice to see more groups like that rather than some of these let's pay for a subscription for, um, for, to join our auction page. Yeah, and yeah. I can't be bothered with any of that personally. Um, but anyway, these I reached out to these guys and asked them to give us a bit of feedback about their thoughts and about their experiences of um, Retrogate, <laughs> as we're going to call it, going forward, suggested by one of these guys. Um, before we do, very, very quick synopsis is that as you mentioned yourself there, out of nowhere, the entertainer uh, that has stocked random wrestling figures, they had the likes of that that weird selection of Barbie doll-style divas in for ever. They had Miss Elizabeth in green <laughs> in forever, Braun Strowman yeah. tipping a car forever. And that was pretty much all I saw in there for young. Can, can I just say as well, entertainer was meant, entertainer was meant to be the, sh- the sort of cheaper alternative shop they weren't getting in new lines as much as other places they were getting they were getting seconds basically um and because of that they were able to do them at a cheaper price but as we'll find out they just jump about with prices willy yeah. nilly oh, but well. i think there is a reason behind this you know yeah We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. And what I want to do now is introduce into this um, a sound clip that was sent to us from uh, our good mate, Colossus Nick. Ooh, yeah, the Grapple Arcade. Hands off the merchandise. Dig it. Mate, these retros, Retrogate, can you believe it? So, we get the notification, I think it was uh, Friday night, that these retros are in the entertainer. Obviously, everyone just went crazy. Got to get there, got to get there. So I got up Saturday morning, early doors, went straight down there, but for about nine o'clock, went to the first entertainer. The woman there just sort of looked at me like I was a nutter, you know? She was like, no, uh, 
no, we haven't got any of those. We, we don't know what you're talking about. So I said, go out and look at the back. And uh, she come back. She, no, so I was like, oh, no. Felt a bit deflated. I walked around to the next one. Spoke to the guy there. And I was just, I'm playing the honest with these people, you know. I just said to him, like, look, mate, I'm a toy collector. We collect these from the US. Um, they're really hard to get hold of over here. Um, have you got any? And I swear to God, this guy's eyes just lit up. I think he was more excited than me. And he was like, oh, come on then. Um, quick, let's go and have a look out the back. <laughs> I followed him, literally skipping through the shop, you know. He's gone out the back. He's come back later. Brand new, fresh case of Series 10 retros, mate. Junkyard Dog, Matt Hardy, Elias and Diesel. Just laid them out in front of me. Started counting them out. One, two, three. We've got eight figures Brand new, case fresh, Series 10 retros. Honestly, the feeling was absolutely amazing. Felt like the shakes come all over my body. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm being honest, this is like one of the greatest finds as a Hasbro retro collector in a shop, I think, since my collecting day started. You know what I mean? So, this, this must be what it's like living in the US on the day that these get released, on, on, the, on the day that they, they hit the shelves in Walmart. Do you know what I mean? And uh, honestly, mate, absolutely buzzing. Walked out of there, like, absolutely on a massive high, you know? So, yeah, that was, that was my story of picking up the retros. People have picked them up since then. People are having luck. Mate, I've missed, I've missed out the best part of the story, really. We wasn't 100% sure on the price. When the guy rings these up, they were £6 each. Mate, a whole case of Series 10 retros. I walked out of the entertainer for £24, mate. The cost of postage cost me more than that for the last set that I bought. You know, I think the last set cost me nearly £90 to get me over from the US. So this was an absolute victory. Massive shout out to these boys from the HWO. And everyone out there who's looking after each other, fuck those scalpers. Take care. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Dig it. Thanks very much to Nick there for sending us that in. Um, some really interesting points there, Pablo. I'm going to read a couple of them out now and ask for your your opinion on certain factors relating to how this weekend's played out. Mm-hmm. Um, as we can tell, he was absolutely overjoyed and buzzing his tits off about what he was able to pick up and just the fact that retros were available in stores again, even if it was, um, you know, a, a line which is now discontinued but they're showing up for sale again that isn't Steve Austin and The Rock. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. So some of the bullet points that I want to mention about that. Obviously, he went into detail there telling us about his first-hand experience. Uh, of that weekend, he hit a couple of stores on finding out, wasn't successful in the first store that he went to, and then went to a, a secondary store um, of the entertainer and couldn't believe his eyes, managed to pick up eight, that means it was two of each from Series 10, uh, and when they scanned it through, he couldn't believe it that it was £6 each, mm-hmm. so he paid uh, 24 quid for the for Series 10, and then times that by two, obviously. Um his words, as he said himself, this, I, I can't believe it. This is what it must feel like living in the USA near a Walmart on figure release day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really interesting point because I think a lot of us for a long time have struggled to appreciate, or at least a lot of my friends in the US maybe don't appreciate how lucky and easy they've got it to to get a hold of action figures. Um, saying that, I know there's some other issues at the moment with the AEW figures and the UFC figures over there with people going and buying entire shelves, including oh, sh- that's shrinking. Even- walking out the door with it it's Um, ridiculous i mean when you know people who work there i guess you can kind of do what you want but like as well you know even the walmart and target exclusives i know people who live near walmart and target who have never had any of those exclusives they've just not even reached those shelves now this is another thing that mattel said they are aware of and they want to make them exclusive but also easy to get because how many walmarts and targets are there across the country um so i've i've I'm putting faith in Mattel that they are actually trying. And I think the fact that the the Walmart and Target exclusives showing up on ringside is the start of that. And Smiths are actually going to get in the exclusive uh, Undertaker from Elite 79. Now, this is the... I know it's off topic slightly, but I think it's worth saying that this is the first time in a long time that they are getting in a full set of Elites, plus the Chase, plus... uh, Sorry, plus the Variant, plus the, the Chase... Um, well, from what I've read tonight, all of the pre-orders have already finished. Oh, that that doesn't shock me. But doesn't I think shock, uh, doesn't shock you me. Know, I think it's, um, it's understandable. It's uh, it's it's kind it's, of it's, it's in very similar vein that, to what's happened with this. <laughs> but it's it's encouraging though because there must be like oh, wrestling figures are actually wanted. And to be fair, character selection is improving as yes. the last few sets have shown with the fiend and all that, and. They're going to be stocking entire sets of AEW. It just sounds crazy to me that you would get in purposely a Brandy Rhodes figure, but you wouldn't get in a Rick Rude figure. You know what I mean? I know it's a toy shop for kids, but it's Rick Rude against Brandy Rhodes. You know what I mean? What what I think annoys us as the UK fans, though, when we hear about those exclusives, is a lot of people realise that... um, Walmart owns some massive chain stores over here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, I think Asda. Is that they right? Asda. Right? They did they get in Asda. some of Asda the Walmart said. exclusives. They, they did, did get in some Walmart exclusives. Few and far between. It's yeah. it's like it hasn't been for a long time. Yeah. Um, so what I want to know, Mick, is I know that you've um, you've been in LA for a while, and obviously you know you've been a collector for a long time, such as myself, since the nineties with Jack's figures and Hasbro figures and whatnot. Have you, especially in internet years where words got out, oh, this figure's hitting the store at this time next week, have you ever been able to get to a shop on figure release day? Um, Have you been aware of it, like, leading up to this point? Because it it doesn't quite happen the same way as you'd expect it to a lot of the times in the UK. But when we have had the alert of it's going to be in stores as of tomorrow – have you got any memories and what which figures can you remember queuing up for and which ones were a bloody nightmare <laughs> because they weren't there? I was I was lucky during the classic superstars era um, because I, um, with places like Forbidden Planet and you know um, with connections that I had, I was able to get access to figures as soon as they hit the country. Um, Forbidden Planet knew that I was a collector going back to like you know early BCA days buying stuff from there uh, so I mean they would they would put a full case away of classic superstars for me knowing that I would want them all even if I didn't want them all I bought them all because I didn't want to mess them about yeah um, you know I, I, I know for a fact 
that I was the first person in the country to have a classic Super Size 14 Honky Tonk Man figure, um, just because of contacts and stuff like that. Um, we'll and, check you out. Oh. <laughs> well, I know, I know. It it, uh, it it got me into college and has led me to where I am today. You know. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of release dates and stuff like that. The classic superstars line was the first time that I really started looking forward to release dates properly. Like I didn't really think of when sets were coming out and stuff like that. I'd, all I knew is with classic superstars, it was a set every three months, and you could kind of set your watch by it. Sort what of did thing. you find out about series one classic superstars? Because mine was, um, I'd heard on the grapevine there's a new set of figures coming out. I hadn't really paid much attention to any adverts or magazine ads or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I heard there was a new set of figures coming out. They're going to be based on old school characters. One of them is going to be Bret Hart. I heard that. And then somebody else said, oh, they might be in Asda. So I thought, right, whatever. Um, I happened to be in Asda doing a shop that week. And I popped my head in. And lo and behold, there was Bret the Hitman Hart, amongst other figures of uh, Series 1. Now. I snapped that up straight away and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, and I felt that that was obviously what we're going back to what 2000 2004. Yeah, yeah, 2004. Yeah. And um, that makes sense because it was the year before I moved to Newcastle. So it was one of those things where I found out accidentally it wasn't internet based. It was it was just somebody had said, oh, they've heard from somebody else. You know, it was one of those kind of things. Oh, yeah. that might be a new series coming out of wrestling figures that might have Bret the Hitman Hart in it. So I thought, oh, I'll check it out. And I hadn't been collecting RA or anything at that point. It was during a complete lull I was having in collecting altogether. I think the last thing that I had was like uh, maybe the first sort of seven or eight, ten series or something like that of um, TTL figures were the last things I bothered with. I got a couple of R3 figures. I got a few uh, of Rulers of the Rings, things like that from the TTL lines, but I didn't really bother with RA until Classic Superstars came out. And that was purely by accident of seeing Bret Hart and Asda, and then that set off the uh, collecting spark again. (laughs) So Mm. I was unintentionally in Asda for release day. (laughs) Bret the Classic (laughs) Series 1, which was great. But my earliest one, uh, memory of, oh, there's a figure coming out, was from a friend of mine who... I believe, I can't remember what it was now. It was some kind of, it must have been a new source of some type that he was he was checking out at the time. It might have even, it might have even have been um, WWF magazine. I can't remember. But either way, he found out that Wolves were about to start stocking the tag teams for Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Nasty Boys, um, specifically Nasty Boys and, and LOD. And they hadn't been stocking them, you know, so there was, it was new to the shop. Um, so I went in on, on said day, they told me about this, and lo and behold, there was a, a pack of LOD and a pack of Nasty Boys. And I was like, oh, man, uh, ran home to my grand's house to get me pocket money, ran back, and LOD had been sold. I was absolutely wounded. Um, only to find the lad who told me about it in the queue by oh, itself. what a bastard you even had twats back then <laughs> I don't ah. even know how old I was at the time but yeah that was my first experience of uh, hearing a certain wrestling figure will be out because at that time I used to just go into shops like John Menzies specifically John Menzies uh, and Woolworths 
and just randomly go in and see what was there. I had no clue about what series really were back then when they were kitting the shelves. I didn't follow the release of things. There was figures on a shelf. I either had them or I didn't. And if I didn't have them, I wanted them. And it was just as simple as that. And as time went on, obviously, you know, that depleted in terms of how many figures were sold in said shops. But going back to classic superstars, just briefly, because I know this is this is going off topic a bit, but there we go. Who cares? Um, when did you hear about the first wave of heavily discounted classic superstars hitting B&M or Home Bargains? Oh, um, well... Can you remember? Going back, to, go, going back to Series 1 quickly, um, yep. I, knew, I knew nothing. Um, I, was, I didn't have the internet at that time. Um, I know this is like 2004 and everyone had the internet, but my only knowledge was like using the school computers to look at figures. Like they didn't talk about release dates or anything like that. Or, you know, it was just whatever Forbidden Planet got in. I was still collecting new names because there weren't old names to collect at that point. And I was still kind of watching wrestling at that point. Um, And then I just walked past Forbidden Planet one day and they were in the window and I nearly died. Um, It was just the most mind blowing thing I've ever seen. Um, it didn't matter that Andre had two straps or Undertaker had grey boots and purple gloves. It was just the fact that they were made. And I didn't even know about Series 2 coming out or Series 3, to be honest. Series 4 was when I first started being aware when they were coming out. It didn't even occur to me that there was going to be a Series 2, even though it says on the box, look out for more superstars. And, you know, I bought the Raw Roulette set, which had a Sergeant Slaughter in it. Um, not even thinking he's going to be in Series 2. And then I was just like, oh, now I'm going to have two Sergeant Slaughters when I don't really need two. And now I've got like about 18 Sergeant Slaughters. But um, in terms of like the discounted uh, classic superstars and B&M, it's largely Series 17 and 18 that stick out to me. Now, 17 was Repo Man, Typhoon, Kempatera. Um, they seemed to make an abundance of them because Woolies was rammed with them as well. In Series 18, which I remember being in Phoenix a lot, which is a local store in Newcastle, like a department store, that was your Mabel's, your uh, May Young's, your Kane. Well, I mean, some ridiculously rare figures now um, in all of them. And then 17 had Shane McMahon, Eddie Guerrero. And those, those are the two sets. And 18 had Val Venus and Sonny and all that. So, yeah, that that's my first memorable oh these you know you don't appreciate them being on the shelves because you bought them from well i bought them from forbidden planet when they first come in but now i'd kill to see like me young and you know some of those figures just randomly hanging about on pegs but yeah that was my first god you can't move for these figures you know it was interesting get sick of the sight of them at the time (laughs) yeah i went into on, on the off chance into i think it was home bargains at the time um, that was storing a big discount home discount store over here in the UK um, that were randomly stocking toys and they randomly had in all of the series that you mentioned there and I picked up I must have picked up about 20 different classic superstars figures for £3.99 each mm-hmm. that they've been discounted down to which is insane like less than four quid per figure um, so I just picked up as many as I could get really All everybody who they had I bought one of I believe um, Series 18 was the LGN Ric Flair and I remember not being able to move for them on pegs well they were everywhere they even made it yeah. into TK Max at one point I remember um, <laughs> they were everywhere but um, the reason why I bring that up is because of the discounted nature of what we have been dealing with with, with these retro lines um, mm. so for those who uh, have been following it they were brought out, as we mentioned before, in the Entertainer, and they were they randomly appeared out of nowhere 
um, in a few different entertainer shops and online for six pounds. Six English quid, as Nick mentioned in his soundbite before. However, they quickly sold out and the price didn't stay at that for very long. Um, we'll we'll have a chat about that specifically in a minute. But what I thought we'll do now is we'll have a soundbite from um, our friend Kev, Tweet Wrestling, who does, um, well, we know Kev well as a collector and obviously he does a, um, a really fun sort of uh, YouTube-based wrestling uh, nostalgia quiz as well. So we'll play the little message here from Kev and we'll have a chat about a couple of his points after the fact. Ooh, yeah, the Grapple Arcade. Hands off the merchandise. Dig it. Hello wrestling fans, how we doing? It's Kev Williams here from Tweet Wrestling. It's nice to see that the retros are available at the Entertainer and fans can complete their collection. Hopefully the Entertainer get on board and realise that us collectors want figures. Also, who knows, maybe WE are watching and we might get Series 11 again. That's my opinion, it's all good. Take care of yourselves. Dig it! Thanks very much for that, Kev, mate. Um... Alluding to what he was, what he brought up there, he was hopeful on the chance. Well, two two points I want to bring out from what he kind of was alluding to to an extent. He did firstly ask, "Could this be the sign of things to come, where we might potentially um, get a revival of of um, of the retro line and maybe get a series eleven following this? If now the, the buzz has been so big, um, <laughs> no." I'm going to say no. Um, You think they're going to stick to the guns and do more? So, I because my opinion, right? The 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 disc. Sorry, gone. No, I was going to say. I think my the issue is. I think that they personally, I believe that they stopped the retro line to focus on um, working relationships with other toy manufacturers and other toy uh, franchises. Sorry, such as Masters of the Universe, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. I think that is where they see the future of their bread and butter lying for Mm -hmm. crossover appeal. So yeah. I don't think that they will do the retro line when they are doing figures of similar sort of size, if you like, similar subculture appeal to the mainstream lines. Um, the people who are buying the retros are probably going to be the same kind of people to an extent, not everybody, but to an extent that are going to be going out there to buy the Macho Mans and the Ultimate Warrior Masters of the Universe. The upcoming Jake the Snake and Roddy Piper and Mr. Yeah. T look incredible. Like Did I've you? got to say, even with the Masters of the Universe like gimmicks on them and stuff like that, you can mod them enough if you really wanted to. Or if you've got the imagination and you play with them, you know what I mean? Like, you just... He's, Mental Jake with a snake head, you know what I mean? Like, I I think uh, what we'll see is. It, do you um, know what's Do you know what's upsetting though? Like, if for retro fans, all of these names could have been made as retros. Your Jake, your Roddy Piper, your Mister T's, your more Randy Savage. All these like really cool names, and yeah. I think it just comes down to they didn't sell. I think the presentation of them could have been better, and character selection. Like, I think that's you know, and mold selection as well. The, yeah. um, I think I think there's a there's a there are negatives to the line. There are, there, are, I think the positives to the line are interestingly some of the characters that they did use and go for. I think it was great to see like a Kurt Angle, for example. It was great to see a Kane. Great to see a Purple Attire Undertaker. Great to see Green Trunk Savage, <laughs> uh, NWO Savage. There was a handful of figures that were awesome to see. Um, however, I think. It's a very 50-50 line. 
I think it truly is. It's a 50-50 line. Far too many dropkick figures for my liking. The packaging was absolutely shit. They wasted too much time and effort with those little stands that they brought out, which you either love them or hate, and I personally don't see the time. I'd rather they spent that money on better plastic bubbles or whatever. Um, the card design was... The, the fronts weren't the worst. It was just flimsy. The back of the cards, I thought they were atrocious. I think they um, looked... I think they looked cheap they just look yeah, cheap like they, like they the packaging do. even before you get to the figure i think the pictures that they chose i don't think in ring shots really what they should have chose stu- nice studio shots um i think they could have maybe had more vibrant nicer colors um they actually reminded me in terms of like how budget they looked at the time of the the gloob wcw boxes yes yeah to be fair, I think you're right, because if you look at the vibrancy, the character selection and the absolute beauty of the Masters of the Universe cards, mm-hmm. um, those figures displayed look shit hot. Yeah. Because the colours pop, the design, the logos, everything on them pops really, really well. They've captured the nostalgia as well, whereas yeah. I just don't think the, the retros captured the nostalgia. It, I just don't think not, they... The retro figures look like a cardboard version of one of their really over-the-top elaborate ring designs or tight, or new wave Titantron sets that they use at current events. You know what I mean? Like with their the digital bloody words showing up on a ring post and all that kind of shit that they use these days. It mm-hmm. felt like that. It felt very almost like, like a a corporate kind of PR. I don't know. It just felt very just, just corporate and not fun and nostalgic as what they should have gone and with. You know what as well, though? With some of that other lines, like the, the Retro Fest line where they did the arcade machine and everything, the effort they made to get you right in your nostalgic feels you know what i mean yeah. like and it, like i say it just they just didn't capture it with the the retro figures for me part two of the question gone do you think that the entertainer can now potentially be taken seriously or do you think that there's a scope for them to start taking wrestling figures seriously and work on their output um, i would like to think so entertainer to give us more of a more of a, yet another high street shop, hopefully that will stock figures a bit more properly going forward. A couple of years ago, when the entertainer first opened, they were shit hot for WWE figures, and they had a relationship with WWE. Now, a large amount of their stuff was like kind of the spin-off stuff, like the coloring books, etc. Um, but they also did get in new figures. Um, along with Smiths, which was great. Like B and M was on no one's radar, and no should they have been. Um, I would hope that I mean they'll they'll go by sales. I mean I do still think that yeah, Natana is popular. They get what they're given. I mean when I asked about, I, I bought one of the Honky Tonk Man's, you know, just before lockdown, and they were like, oh yeah, we just we just sort randomly show up on a list, and you know we didn't know what it was, and then it showed up, and then they put it out for six pound sixty six, and still no one has bought it, yeah. even though it's a tremendous figure. Um, and to be fair though, that that's not part of a series; it is just a one off figure. But I mean, I guess there is a chance that the the Savage, the Michaels, the Flair, the other Retrofest figures could show up. It really is potluck with them. I don't know if they're the type of shop that gets an itinerary and goes right. We want these, these, and these. I think they just get what they're given, and I think B and M are actually somehow i don't know how but drew mcintyre did a thing for b&m recently 
So there's some kind of relationship going on there. There has to be, if they're getting in fiends in the shop and, or not, I mean, okay, and uh, Smith's got fiends as well, but they sold out online beforehand. But if they're getting in full sets of like the SummerSlam set, I've got to say, and I know I'm going off in different directions. I think the SummerSlam set, it's a bit of an anomaly because it is also a general elite set. It's not like the WrestleMania heritage set. Yeah. Um, you know, it has become that. But also, they're getting in the WrestleMania Builder Figure sets as well. Like, I went to a, a massive B&M, like, sort of a bit out the way, and I saw the full set of the Danny Davis Builder Figures, including the Booker T, which isn't... That seems to be nowhere for whatever reason at the moment. Um, they had, you know, about three or four... You've been in a... You've been in a entertain... Sorry, in a B&M where there's been fiends on the shelves, like... The one I was it's, in recently, it had uh, it had two okay. variant Rick Rudes in there, a normal Rick Rude. It had the rest of the series, and it had three fiends. That's madness. The when only you, way you you're going to how that, that's just a standard run of the mill B and M. The only that's... way you're going to quash the the scalpers is have plentiful stock. But you, it's a double edged sword that when you get plentiful stock, say as with the fiend SummerSlam set, you're going to be stuck with AJ Styles and Ronda Rousey because that's what every shop has been stuck with. Yeah. And Elizabeth, to be fair, um, it's true. Yeah. It's true, and it's a shame. Um, but that comes out of figure selection again, and you know it's rough with the smooth. You know we. we collectors we know what we want and hopefully people will start seeing okay people are wanting this people are wanting that and they might just take a bit more notice of of trends of how it's working listen go look it's it's you know what it'll be a lot easier if they paid more attention to twitter because a lot of people talk on twitter about what they're collecting about what they're after and they tag these brands and these these um these toy retailers into a lot of the tweets now Personally, what I'm going to say is, for all of you people out there, because we're going to get a little bit more into the entertainer after this next uh, sound clip I'm going to bring in from uh, Hasbro for Life from the uh, HWO group. Um, what I will say is that... <laughs> I hope it, he didn't call himself Hasbro for Life first in, like, 1994, the year Hasbro ended. Because <laughs> 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 that would be a gutter, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hasbro for Get a tattoo on your arm, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but, um, <laughs> no, it's good. It's, what I'm going to say is, um, you know, whilst you're all hashtagging and, and, and tagging in the likes of the entertainer about the retro figures, tag in other retailers like B&M so they can see what's going on because it might make them think, oh, why don't we get some as well? You never know. Tag other retailers and tag the competition in because... That's how these things happen. Let's start. Let's start promotion wars between <laughs> wrestling figure outlets uh, retailers in uh, in the UK. Right, this incre- it's kind of crazy though because it's an increasingly niche product now. Wrestling, well, but dude. but the thing is that it's increasingly niche. But the fan base is it's smaller, but it's more dedicated now. Like yeah. it's it's safe to say, like the, the figures that have been flying off shelves. Like, I've not seen much like this over the past, for years, like, classic superstars. They weren't like, oh, my God, you finally got the, the Ken Patera figure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they just they just seem to strike hot and lucky every so often. I, I remember when um the toy John Cena spinner belt from, like, 2006, the, the plastic one was the hot toy that year, basically. Um, couldn't find one for love no money and parents were paying ridiculous amounts for it and they need Mattel certainly need to be aware of character selection for sure, don't make an Elizabeth if you're not going to make the mega powers to go with them, 
all that kind of thing, or do her in a free pack. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, completely free. Yeah. It's funny you should mention uh, specifics of uh, making certain toys very hard to get hold of because uh, Hasbro for Life says a brilliant one-liner in this. Um, I'm going to play his clip now and then we'll have a discussion about some of his bullet points uh, after, after this clip. Ooh, yeah, the Grapple Arcade. Hands off the merchandise. Dig it. Thanks, guys, for the opportunity to share my experience of, of what can only be described, I think, as Retro Day. Um where do we start with this one? So, like, yeah, we all know the retros, you know, July 2019 go on hiatus and there's heartbreak, man. Like, the nostalgics among us are just like, oh, fuck. We really loved collecting the line. Like, it just brought back so many memories of being a kid. And, um, yeah, it was devastating, you know, but, like, that Series 10 was so hard to get. Like, they were limited, the ones that ended up coming over here through kind of specialist outlets, and, like, you just couldn't pick them up on the high street post, I think, Series 3 or 4. Um, they just weren't on the high street. Like, it was a really tough line to collect, especially here in the UK. And, like, the last thing any of us expect is, like, these rumours that start that they're hitting the entertainer, and it's like, no way, it'll be these... They've got mixed up, it's fucking retro-fest honky-tonk, man. Like, they, they they hit an extra zero when they produce those things, man, because they're everywhere. But, like, yeah, the Twitter groups, you know, lit up, there's these rumours going about, so, like, all the HWO boys, we were all like, right, let's... We're going we're gonna to go out in the hunt, so... We go out Saturday morning, five to nine, you know, you're kind of standing outside the entertainer, you're eyeing up the opposition, it's like an episode, it's like jingle all the way, isn't it? And you're looking like everyone's going to make a beeline for the WWE section and like doors open and you're like, this is going to be bullshit, there's nothing here, we're going to go in, they're going to have battle packs and fucking just crap that nobody wants. And then you go to the peg and you're like, that looks like a retro and it's like Green Trunks Macho, Samoa Joe. And you're like, what the f-? So I was lucky. Like, I managed to pick up two sets, Series 9. Um, I kept one figure, a Green Trunks Macho. I sold the other seven for six quid a pop because that's what we paid and that's what it's all about. Um, and I was lucky to pick up a diesel and a junkyard dog for six quid a pop also. So big shout out to the HWO brothers on that. And then, like... I think, you know, it went back up to 12 quid. I think that was to be expected. I don't think anyone's surprised about that. I think it was a little bit naughty, the entertainer, put them up to 15 quid because they were never, ever, ever, like, listed at that. But hey-oh, some will say that's supply and demand, blah, blah, whatever. Um, Listen, Mattel, if you're listening, there is demand for these things. Like, reverse your decision on this hiatus. Like these things are gonna sell man like there's such a demand right now like hashtag we want retros flood the market drown out the scalpers get them out there we want retros cheers boys dig it thanks very much to hasbro for life there cheers gordon mate um right so in a nutshell he managed to pick up uh, 8 of Series 9, which was fantastic. And as I was mentioned to you earlier, I just want to give another shout-out to the HWO crew because they've gone out of the way to help out a hell of a lot of collectors on Twitter. When any of these guys have gone to the shops and bought several of the figures, their general aim and mission as a collective group is basically, if we can afford it, buy what we can, sell them on to other collectors for the price that we buy them for from the shop and let's cut out the scalpers and let's make it difficult for them to be scalpers. And mm. I think it's a really, you know, what a it's a really wonderful sort of approach to it. And 
Um, hopefully more collectors out there who are in a position where they can buy several and they know the um, collecting friends are going to struggle to get to shops. I know, for example, me and you do our best to look out for each other. If any of us are in a shop, we'll call each other and call a couple of our other friends and say, look, they've got these in. Are you interested in any of them? Or we'll mm. pick them up knowing that that's what you're after at the time and that way. So this is a group of you know 20 to 30 odd collectors who go into shops. Anyway, the likes of Hasbro for Life here, he picked up uh, eight of Series 9. Uh, he kept one Macho Man for himself and he sold the rest for six quid each on Twitter. And I just think that's just epitomizes what where we are now. It's almost like the fight back against the bullshit that is extortionate prices from uh, from twats, basically trying to sell them on eBay and flip them for a stupidly high profit. I um, think if that's going to happen, and that's great, I would also tag the shops in those posts as well. I agree with you. I agree. The, pro- with the you. problem is, is that I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it. Is that the shops are just all the entertainer is thinking now. Anyone who goes in who isn't a child is a scalper. And well, the problem that we've got is that we don't know who is the scalpers. This is the problem. Um, you've got people going in uh, and buying things up. Um, I'm not going to say for liability reasons that the entertainer or their employees are about, are doing what I'm about to say, but there have been issues in the past with other toy uh, retailers where, and other collectible retailers where staff themselves will buy the figures because they know what's in, they know what's hot, and then they'll flip it themselves before it actually even gets out there. So the yeah. way it hits the, hits the, hits the pegs, um, I remember that happening with a computer game shop in the past that I used to frequent quite regularly and the staff in there were quite open and honest. That's what they used to do. That shop doesn't exist anymore. Um, but that's what used to happen. When things went out on shelf, they were at a discounted price, they'd buy them all up and then sell them online for a much higher extortionate price. And it's a shocking way to do it. And I hope that's not what is happening on the modern high street. Um, so, you know, but I know that there's a few people are concerned that the methodology that this shop that the entertainer have used is a bit of an interesting one. Um, so it starts at six pounds. That's how much these figures were going for six quid each. Then they sold a shed load of them. And then they very quickly went up to 12 pounds on their website of an RRP. And then overnight they've shot up to 15 pounds a figure now, which is above the RRP price. It's a very interesting, it's a very playing with fire way to do it. It's still a good price for in a lot of people's eyes, £15 for a figure that you wouldn't normally be able to get. But to go above your original RRP price, is it when you're a, when you're a retailer such as the entertainer? I could I be wrong. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting move to make. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm sure there is some kind of legal thing where you're not allowed to do that as a retailer. Well, maybe um, made, if that's the case, maybe they've had them out at £15 in the past then, so hopefully, you know, that's something they can clarify themselves if it's ever brought up to them um, mm-hmm. in the public domain. But the reality is, the fact of the matter is, they were £6 and they went up to £12, because um, I'm sure that they were saying they were selling them for half price. 50% off they were selling them for, which brought them down to £6. And then they went up to twelve pounds, which was the full price. I mean, don't get me wrong; they, they, they never put they never put them out for twelve pound in the first place. But that is the RRP price, so that's why yeah. they can say fifty percent off. But it's an interesting one that they were selling for fifteen quid, and some of them are still online now for fifteen pounds. Some of them have sold out straight away again. Macho Man in Green was up today for like twice. He was, I believe, he was up for um, for well, definitely at least once uh, mm-hmm. for for fifteen quid, um, and then he he was sold out fairly quickly 
Um, the D's I'm and the not... JYD haven't, you know, haven't made it back out as far as I could tell. Not not more than two minutes anyway. Um, I'm not a fan of figures there for fifteen quid. I'm not a fan of figures not having a chance to hit the shelves. Um, you know, if they want to keep these shops open, if shopping centres want to stay open and stuff like that, this is again why Walmart and Target have these exclusives. Okay, they do do pre-sales on the website but the limited amount but now it's getting to the point now where figures don't even hit shelves at all because they sell them all online complete uh, hasbro for life that that quote that he mentioned in there where he says it's like jingle all the way <laughs> 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 uh, pretty, pretty it is but online. we're buying figures for ourselves not for the yeah, kids yeah that's true yeah <laughs> some of us might tell the shopkeeper oh my son's <laughs> i'm buying it for me kid because i don't want to look like a twat but uh, actually i don't care anymore <laughs> it's got to that point i'll happily four-year-old be. kid's a massive junkyard dog fan you yeah, know he loves the fan he can't get it's going to get to the point because i i went into an entertainer today and they had one Elias and one Matt Hogg. They sold the junkyard dog that they had in yesterday, but I almost feel like now, if I'm going to take a junkyard dog to the, the thing, I want to just ream off a load of junkyard dog facts just to prove I am a fan and not just like someone just who's got... Just start barking at the, shot at the cashier. <laughs> Wear a chain around your neck on a dog collar and start barking at the cashier as she's scanning the, scanning the figure. If she gets the reference, brilliant. Um... But, or they might uh, just give you it for six quid just so you'll leave quicker. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I'm going to quickly play another very, very set, quick soundbite here from uh, Hasbro for Life because he brings up another uh, couple of points as well that I kind of want to finish up on before we uh, before we clock out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take it away, mate. Ooh, yeah, the Grapple Arcade. Hands off the merchandise. Dig it. And boys, listen, whilst I've got you, like, here's one for you because... I've I've mentioned this before and like fuck I don't even know if it's a good idea. Apparently they do this with GI Joe, right? For me it's a, a real no brainer. Like it isn't the kids that are buying the retros, right? The retros, whoever, if anyone ever thought those were for the kids market, like they're fucking deluded. Like it's the Hasbro collectors, right? It's the guys we're in our thirties now, like we're collecting. It's nostalgia. Like that's what the retros were about, man. Right? So like forget about the, like stores like online subscription right this is the idea that i've got and i'd love to put this out there to the community and see what guys think like 15 quid a figure is reasonable like that's what it is that's what it is they come out and ringside collectibles are 15 dollars by the time you get over here that like up to 15 quid so what about this right let's say you have a an annual subscription to mattel and for that annual subscription it's going to cost you 240 quid a year right and for that 240 quid you're going to get a quarterly drop of four figures. So that's 60 quid a quarter, four figures delivered. That's what Ringside do them at, right? They do that in dollars, so it's almost the same. So they can have, they'll make a margin on it. So like four figures a quarter, engage with the community. Some of the customizers out there, you know, like Kyle Customs has Romaniacs, Eye Candy Tattoo. Like these guys are fucking absolutely brilliant. Like engage with the community, man. Like, have a subscription. You can forecast the revenue coming in. Like, 240 quid per collector, and there are thousands of collectors out there. What feels like hundreds, if not thousands of people, I think, that would opt in. There's limited wastage because you make what you what subscribed for a little bit extra, maybe, in case there's guys that want to go back with you. But, like, it just seems such a no-brainer, man. Subscription model... People sign up for a year, 16 figures a year, four figures a quarter. 
like, is it just me or is that not? Is that, I reckon it would work, man. I'd love to know what your listeners think of that idea, guys. Keep up the good work. Cheers, boys. Dig it. Thanks again. Some very interesting points there. So, in a nutshell, what he's suggesting is, firstly, this line, they're not aimed at kids. They're aimed at collectors. You know, let, let's be real about it here. The appeal of them, they might look like they could be for kids, especially when they, when they were very cheap in shops. Parents might have thought, we'll get them then. But they're not for kids because they're not going to fit in with the action figures that they've got, like the elites and the basics. That's what kids are buying. That's what parents are buying kids. They're not buying them the retro figures. They were never buying them the retro figures. Let's be, you might have got one of your great Auntie Dorothy and, you know, looked at her as if in dismay as if say, what the fuck am I meant to do with this? Um, much there like was... I did when my grandma bought me <laughs> for my birthday once a big Josh um, <laughs> WCW Galoob figure. And I was like, this isn't Hasbro, mate, grand. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't Hasbro. Um, and I was gutted. And then now I'm gutted that I had such a reaction and gutted that that figure was up. Blah, blah, blah. They're collecting us all. I've got um, to say there is room to have these retros at a more expensive price than the basics just to prove that they are for collectors as well. Because if a mum goes in the shop and sees a Seth Rollins um, retro and sees a Seth Rollins basic for four pound less, you're going to go for the basic anyway, aren't you? So I mean, I, th- I think the, I think like the classic superstars at the time, this should be a few quid more because they're aimed at adult collectors, and then yeah. you know, I think I think, that's I think, I think that's there is fair. room for that. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's um, it leads us on to a point that he was bringing up there because I think the vast majority of people that I've spoken to online um, seem to think it's fair that it's the top end, but they would push to £15 per figure if it's a figure that they want. Of course. 12 quid, they'll probably push themselves to collect the figures to fill the series up, even if they really are that bothered about the figure or not. So your Elias's and your Matt Hardy's, for some people, aren't as alluring as your Goldust, your, your Savages, your JYDs and your Diesels. Mm-hmm. They're the two lines that we've seen in your Series 9 and 10 on the entertainer, that's why I've used their name specifically there. And it goes to show because the likes of Matt Hardy and Elias, I believe they're still available now, as is Goldust, to be fair. They have been at least still available um, for, for 15 quid today. So the other big point that he brought up there that um, he went in depth, and I think it's an interesting theory, and I want to get your theory, and I want the, I want the, um, the feedback from our listeners as well when this goes out, especially from the HWO crew as well, and all the other figure collectors who are obviously listening to this. Um, he brought up the idea of the, an, an annual subscription to Mattel. He said, would it potentially work? For example, it's quite a large outset, but what you get in return. So he said, is the scope as a way to get rid of um, the the buggers who are scalping everybody. Is there a potential way to have an annual subscription to Mattel for £240 a year? That equals to £60 a quarter, and each quarter you get four figures. And he's referring this to the likes of um, the retro line, or if they were to do something similar with the way that they release figures. Mm. Would it be something of an interesting way to, to do things? Is it something that you'd have an interest in doing yourself, Pablo? Um, would you be happy to fork out 240 quid and a one if it guaranteed you four figures every uh, quarter? It would... It, it's hard to say only because I'm, I'm getting more selective with which figures I buy. Um, you are... 
basically pre-ordering figures even before seeing pictures. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've seen people pre-order and they'd be massively disappointed when it didn't come with an accessory or, you know, whatever. Um, Is there a way around it? Let's say there was uh, eight figures in a series mm-hmm. uh, and you could pick four from that series or you had first, if you, were, if you um, are a subscriber to this uh, option, you could get to, um, you'd get to be able to reserve four figures regardless. You know, you, you, everybody who's a subscriber could reserve the four figures from that line that they wanted. Even, uh, if it pays, they want. even if it means paying more than you would normally. Yes. I mean, if you're talking 15 quid a figure. Okay. I mean, I think that's what it would come out with, um, £60 a quarter for four figures would be the equivalent of 15 quid each. See, that's actually much cheaper than certain figures because your average your average um, flashback now on ringside, you're looking at $30 um, just because they know they can add a few extra quid on it. And to be honest, I think ringside has it right in the sense that they make the figures that no one wants for cheaper and then they make the figures that everyone wants for a few quid more, and I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. To be honest, a, a subscription wouldn't be for me. Um, again, because I don't know. You don't know what you're going to get. Okay, they might announce an Iron Sheik, but oh, I don't know. They might announce someone really cool and old, but if they make him in an attire that I don't want, then it's just like, eh. Like, and, and I know that's me being very picky. But you've been like a collector. I'm... You've been a collector, and you've got you. And I think what that emphasizes is that all collectors are different with how and why they collect. And I think that's interesting. A really good point to bring up. Um, I think, I think there's a potential that this could work. But I think it has to be specific. For example, you know what? To bring out a new line, it would have to be at the start of the line to coincide with it as a, as an option. Um, I think the, the only way through. The only way that I think they could do it at this point, and I think they actually, it's not going to be subscription based, I don't think, but they're going to have, they had a website called Matty Collector where they did figures specifically for this website. Now, getting them was a pain in the arse, and, you know, um, but I think if you subscribe to something like that, then there can be this online set of figures. You know, not necessarily stuff that's going to end up in Walmart and Target, but like this kind of like they used to. Jax did internet exclusives all the time, and I mean there are ringside exclusives now. And from what I hear, like I can't remember the name of it, and someone will have to let me know. But they're they're bringing back something similar to Matty Collector, and there's a lot of people going, "Oh God, not this again," because it was a pain in the ass. Um, but those figures are now some of the most valuable Mattel figures ever made. Um, uh, WWE Mattel figures. Um, so I, I think for me, you could do a potential subscription thing if it's for an exclusive set of figures. Would then would for, people for... subscribe, get the figures, and then sell them and scalp them to everybody oh, who can't afford a subscription? It's. It, I don't think we're going to get around the subscri- the the scalper situation anytime soon, unless Mattel challenge it head make on and then just plentiful, make them plentiful yeah. and cheaper. That's the only make way you can do it. Make them cheaper. Um, in the short term, they could limit how many figures each person could potentially buy at any one time. Um, but then that's having that they're going to have to try and get all retailers to get on board with that, and it's not going to work. So I think, yeah, the only real way is making them plentiful, making them accessible, and sorting the distribution situation out. Really, ringside uh, with the the Walmart and Target exclusives, they're limiting them to two per customer, and. You know, don't get me wrong, Billy Graham's, your Freddie Blassies are probably on eBay now for more than they were. But I mean, but 
I think they really are starting to make them more plentiful because the the new Legend series with Greg Valentine, Bobby Heenan, and Razor Ramon. Okay, people are flipping them on eBay, for, but not for that much more. Like they're not like eighty quid or anything like that. They, they seem, even the Chase Greg Valentine. You may be looking at like I know thirty to forty quid of figures, mental still. Um, but they used to be like eighty to ninety quid when they would first show up on eBay. And it's because there are so many of them now. And I think they have, they're starting to get around. You know, again, Steve, Action Figure Attack is very, very aware of this. Um, And I think they are taking steps. But at the same time, you do have to make characters that people want. And I think they're getting there. You know, everyone wanted Greg Valentine. So it's whether people actually buy him now that he's out. And hopefully people will. It is a case of... He said with like your Walmart and Targets, they have a thing called auto-replenish. So once they reach below a certain number, it triggers a, a thing on a computer somewhere that says, right, this shop in Iowa has to be replenished with five more. Because they don't have them out the back anymore in the stock rooms. They literally only get one case in now, and that's yeah. it. Like Legends in Walmart and Targets have one peg for that and so do AEW figures etc because um, they they are competing with a lot and they don't have the shelf space that a Toys R Us provided when they could make like play sets and stuff like that you're seeing less and less play sets now as a result of that so that, yeah that's that's my two cents on that I know there was a collector who um, he has he, discussion in some of the groups in the HWO group he was mentioning that he'd phoned up one of the entertainer stores um, asked if it was possible to reserve um, said set of figures. This was obviously this was like sort of like day one of um, of the nightmare that ensued for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> I stayed well headache. out of it to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah retro gate. Um, he he phoned them and they said they would reserve them. He kept contact with the manager of the store, um, and the manager said. Um, yeah, we'll we'll keep them for you. They're in the back at the moment. They're on the pallet. Um, call back on Monday or Tuesday, and that's when we'll be able to sort of let you know when we'll be able to, when you'll be able to come and collect them, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which said to me that we've got them. There's a reason why you can't have them just yet, but I'm not willing to tell you what that reason is. Um, online saying we're out of stock, but we're not because I've just told you that we've obviously got them here, and I'll keep them for you. Um, so there was obviously something going on there and I can't help but think it was kind of like don't sell any more figures until we saw our price revisions <laughs> um, because obviously we then saw prices were massively revised but in between that time when they were still £6 each he was told it would be reserved for him he called back on them one day yes they're still here but we can't sell them until tomorrow I think this is how the story went can't sell them until tomorrow call back so when he did uh, turn up to go and collect them on the Tuesday they were no longer there so he was told yes we'll reserve them we phoned to double check that they were still there yes they're still here he went to go and collect them they're no longer here I wouldn't be happy with that no I wouldn't either but um, on that bombshell um, I'm off to go and sell my series 9 and 10 uh, (laughs) because I picked up for 40 quid a piece on eBay so thank you all for listening very very much we hope we're going to be doing a few more of these in the future where it's just sort of one-off specials as and when based on a particular topic which is quite a hot topic um 
we hope they won't all be as negative i don't think i think it's somewhat positive when listening back to some of the experiences that the likes of uh kev and the likes of uh well the likes of all three lads who who contribute tonight they all you know after trips and around a couple of stores um they all got their kicks because they all managed to find the figures that they wanted to buy and it was a proper old school style hunt of going around toy shops but not being there i'm too old as well but by the sounds of it, these lads were able to re- relive their youth and felt uh, ten minutes younger <laughs> for that one hour. <laughs> but I'm glad they all had fun doing it. Um, I'm hope- do you, hopefully do you it's think a sign of things to come. Do you think they had fun though, or do you think it was just a pain at this point? I think they've all definitely put on brave faces after the event. <laughs> I think some of them struck gold early on, which was great. Some of the guys I know have struggled and still are to this day to try and find them because the work pattern shifts. And then once they are able to go, oh, great, I can get online now, sold out. Oh, great, I can get to the the entertainer store in the city centre now, sold out. So some of them have had a hard time. Some of them have struck gold. And the good thing is with the groups such as HWO, and I'm sure there are others out there as well, they're able to sort some of those guys out. So by selling them for the price that they bought them for, which is fantastic. And I just want to give them a props for that once more because I was able to pick up a couple of figures from a couple of the guys in that group uh, for the RRP price that they were selling for that they bought them for in the day. And I just want to thank them immensely for that because it's, it's we need more of that community spirit and hopefully that kind of thing. If more people are willing to do that and feel good about themselves for doing it, and be held in high regard in the collecting community, then maybe that is one way that we can somehow tackle the the shite hawks at a scalpers. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. It, it might be, it's one way to hopefully make a dent in it anyway. Um, Absolutely. But thanks everybody for listening and we'll, uh, we'll speak to you all again soon. Check out all of our other shite on bbgwrestling.com uh, and we'll, we, we, we love you all. Good night. I don't. You wouldn't. <laughs>